Hello, book lovers. It is Phil Svitek and Marissa Serafini back for the February edition of our online book club. There's no official title. We just read books, then we talk about them. Hopefully you enjoy it. We get your recommendations. Eventually we'll get to them. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, we, we pick book each month to read and discuss. So that's the bulk of the episode. But then at the end, we'll also talk about books that we're reading off the curriculum as well. So you can look forward to that. In uh, the February edition, we are reading The Earth of Mankind. Well, technically, we've already read because it wouldn't be a fun discussion if we were just speculating. So it is spoiler filled. Um, and this is a very interesting book. It is written by Pramoidia An Anta Toer. And that is the only time I'm even going to try to pronounce it. I'm just going to call him Pram. Um, it's a very fascinating book, which will get into the kind of history and its significance because it is a banned book. Um, so this is uh, not in the U.S., luckily, not yet, but <laughs> in other parts of the world that has been banned. So we'll talk about that. But without further ado, let me kick it to you, Marissa. Um, this was my pick. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on my choice. Yeah, when I first, well, I think I messaged you and I was like, here I go, wish me luck, um, kind of knowing what I was getting myself into. And, you know, the first 50 pages, I was like, all right, I like this guy's mentality. I like how he's thinking. Um, and then, you know, reading it and just like the the whole dual aspect of how he kind of lives his life. And we'll definitely get more into it. But the, you know, the way he goes about things versus the way people see him and and like the belief system that. Um, he's set up to, you know, there, there's a, he lives his life contradictorily. And um, it's very, at first that was interesting. And then like, as I kept reading, I was like, oh, okay, this is the entire book. It's just like him fighting against oh, all these obstacles that are constantly against him. And then it, it felt like at some points it got repetitive, but it was very interesting to see like how other cultures view different countries. And um, and discrimination is still like a very universal thing, um, despite your backgrounds or despite whatever education or accomplishments you get in life, people still view you a certain way um, just based on like tradition and culture. So I think that was interesting because that's still a universal thing that goes on and everyone can still relate to that somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And um, taking kind of quick step back. So um, the main character is named Minky and it's it's told in the first person and he literally opens up saying my name's not important. So here's what, what we're going to call me, which translated means monkey. And it takes place in Indonesia uh, under the sort of Dutch rule at the time. And the, the duality that you're talking about is obviously he's not Dutch. But because he's privileged enough to have a higher form of education, you know, he's not looked on by the locals as being one of them either. So he's in this weird no man's land and trying to fit into um, either or. And, you know, uh, there's, of course, a love story, uh, a tragic, tragic love story in a lot of ways, which we'll talk about. Um, but I want to set the tone. Uh, I don't want to quite dive into um, the author's background fully. But as a nice tease, this was verbally told to people in while he was in jail and it had to be transcribed. So the fact that like this is coherent in any way, because um, mm -hmm. I, I you know, I mean, writing a book is hard enough. Telling it to somebody 
And then essentially entrusting them that like somehow it will be written down in the form that which you are talking about, uh, you know, seems like a big leap of faith. So, um, yeah, uh, in many ways, I feel like it's a miracle that this got written in the way that it did. So kudos there. But yeah, let's talk. I mean, um, a lot to sort of dive into, but I'm, I guess I'm curious because overall the love story not that it's the central theme, but it's the central theme. It, it, it progresses the story most of all, let's say. So, you know, thoughts on that? Um, well, you know me. I love a good romantic love story. Um, and I, I think it showed, like, a nice, I guess, I mean, when you add a female to it, like, there's a maternal aspect, too. Um in a more nurturing aspect that we were lacking for a long time in the book until the woman comes into the picture. And when she comes into the picture, uh, I loved when uh, she, from the get-go, she was supportive of him, no matter what his name, his background, his education, all of his accomplishments. She had this public respect and she was already like praising him openly in front of everyone. And um, so that already like set the bar high for her. I was like, all right, I like this woman. And um, she supported him at all facets of the life. Well, like once they got together and I loved it. It was very consistent. And I, that's a that was a support system that I didn't oh, like we were lacking um, from some of his family, his friends and um, these people that he was working with. But to have someone constantly like in his corner rooting for him. Uh, I enjoyed that. What did you think about like the meat cute of it all? Meaning, so, you know, he has this crush on the queen, the most gorgeous woman he's ever seen. And then someone essentially tells him, listen, there's a woman even more beautiful. And, and then here he finds her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's great because it shows like, yeah, you can have your regular crushes aside from, you know, just like wanting and like admiring from afar but when i think it's like when you finally meet someone just whoever whoever despite it's not your crush at the first person you were thinking of i think it's like when you meet them actually in person and find their personalities like that can supersede everything else you were like looking towards someone else you know um and I enjoyed that, you know, me cute, me cutes. I mean, or just like, I loved how they started. That was a great start mm -hmm. to their relationship. Well, not so much a great end. And I think okay. what I appreciate about it is that uh, the ending essentially is twofold um, in terms of tragic, right? So there's the aspect with our main character, Minky, um, his marriage to Annalise is essentially null and void. They don't believe it because, you know, it's not honored by Dutch law. Therefore, it's a little illegitimate. And furthermore, um, her mom, you know, Naya, who's essentially quite literally sacrificed so many things to try to give her daughter this good life mm -hmm. um, through just circumstance of just, you know, the, the Dutch colonizers, essentially, they're like, no, you're not going to have that. In fact, we're going to break you guys up and you're going to come here and you're going to do essentially what your mom did, um, which is be a concubine. And that's your life now. You know? Yeah. And it's always fortunate because, you know, here in America, we have a freedom. We're like, uh, F that. We're not going to do that. But, you know, in, in some 
countries, you know, especially Indonesia at, at, you know, at the time, it's just like that, that was the, the norm that was expected of them. And it's really unfortunate when people in that position, like Annalise, it's like, do you, you just accept, I don't want to say this terribly, but it's like, accept your fate because this is what you were like meant to do anyways. This is expected of you. This is expected of either the women in our culture. So like, why are you trying to fight against it? Um, it's like your mother was doing it and now you're doing it. It's like, why is this a surprise? And it's it's very frustrating reading it from a different country, different nationality where our customs aren't that strict. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's also a central part of why the story got written to show sort of inhumanity, right? I mean, it's called the earth of mankind and this is how mankind is treating other people, right? Um, and in many ways, uh, Naya, the mom, I, I mean, yes, that that's sort of the way it was, but with her daughter, the idea was like the promise of a better life for my daughter. And in the blink of an eye, that just goes away. So not only does Minky, our protagonist, lose out on the love of his life, the entire sacrifice of what this mom was trying to fight for goes out the window um, for her yeah. daughter, right? Like just you know, that's why I call it like a double, it, it, it's twofold. It's, you know, it's a tragedy on all fronts. Um, yeah, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And like you feel bad for the mother because she worked so hard. And then to have that ripped away from her daughter, like this chance that she could have had a better, more prosperous life than what the mother does. And I mean, I think that's any like parents wish, hopefully, you know, for their kids that they work hard enough that their kids can have a different type of lifestyle. And when there was the promise and the glimpse of that she might have a better life and that's taken away, yeah, that's frustrating. That's that's awful. You you don't want that for your child. And you don't want that for your your quote unquote your son in law um to to like tear apart a relationship just because it the, you know, someone doesn't recognize it legally. Yeah. And 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 it's not just legally, you know, um, like, well, it is, of course, legally, but, you know, the part of why it wasn't legal is because of the sort of religious nature. You know, it wasn't done according to how the Dutch would do it. Um, therefore, like, it's it's essentially writing off their entire culture, their entire religion, you know, and saying, oh, listen, if you wanted to have gotten married, you should have done it like this because the way you guys did it. Is, is some BS. And again, that's just another sort of form of, I call it oppression, you know, just any sort of, you know, when you're dealing with colonizers and the people that are colonized, you know, it's, it's not very fair. No, it's not. And to pass on that mentality, like, no, this isn't the way that we recognize it. This isn't the way we would have gone about it. Therefore, the way you did it is wrong. Um, you know, that projection kind of aspect, like that's, that sucks for those two because they, it is love. It is based on, like, they did it in the way that they believed was the correct way to go about um, their marriage, even though it wasn't in the in the ideal way that they'd be recognized. Yeah, and, you know, you sort of look at it, and, I mean, if anything, they did it in the way that honored their love, you know? Um, and you can call it pure and things like that. Cause it was for them. Like they weren't trying to be harmful to anybody else. They were just trying to 
you know, find happiness under the current circumstances. And yeah, that, that's, that wasn't honored, you know, whatsoever. But, and I think that's, you know, when, when I look at a book like this, I think it is important to read either because in many ways, right. Not to get like too overly didactic about it, but there is a side of it. You know, we like, if you take freedom for granted, it will leave you. Right. And so seeing, you know, other aspects of life and being able to tell warning signs and things like that. And, you know, essentially, you know, if you want freedom, you have to be an active participant in that freedom, you know? And, and so, um, I think it's definitely a good reminder of, you know, what could be versus what is and to tread light to carefully, you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, what did you think of, uh, let's talk about Naya and her relationship with Herman. So Herman is the Dutch um, colonizer. He owns, you know, all of this. Um, Naya is his concubine. So, you know, just kind of curious on your thoughts since he's not, I wouldn't call him an antagonist, but he's, he's an antagonary figure. If that's even a yeah, he, term. He's definitely a, a foil. Um, at first I wasn't sure about him because I mean, he he clearly has like a bunch of different <laughs> interests, quote unquote. Um, but also, like he treated Minky in like certain ways. He was kind of like, I guess, I guess you can say like two faced a little bit. Like he would treat him one way and then treat him another way. And um, and I didn't like. I couldn't. I wasn't sure if I could trust him or not. And. Um, just the way like he he treated the women and he versus treated Minky. I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like you or if I'm supposed to support you because he he was very up in the air for me. Um yeah, and I still question him at the end of this. Uh no, I, I didn't overall I didn't like him for what he made Minky go through, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately um I think it's a deliberate choice because sometimes, you know, oftentimes when you write, let's say a story about good and evil, I'm not saying this is one of those 100%, but, you know, it's like in Lord of the Rings, okay, Sauron is evil. Cool. Got it. You know, and, and it's mm -hmm. just, there's no nuance to it. Whereas in real life, a lot of people who commit heinous acts, um, you know, there's also a very good side to them. Like they can be charismatic. They can be X, Y, and Z, you know, Um in another round, this this movie, um, you know, they sort of joked about like, hey, who would you vote for president? A guy who um, sleeps in, gets drunk, or one who uh, loves all dogs and doesn't get drunk? Like the guy who doesn't get drunk. And it's like, great, you just voted for Hitler, you know? So right. it's, yeah, it's that sort of confronting, you know, the nature and how do you make that determination of what's right and what's wrong um, aspect of it all. Yeah, um correct me if I'm wrong, but like even as much as we didn't like Herman, still at the end they um acknowledge the family, right? Correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um the the children, right? Um and like so for him to believe that the children are legitimate, I was like, okay, there <laughs> there's a saving grace there, I guess you can say. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean it's it, it's tough to that's what makes it so frustrating. It's you know, um, like to make a pros and cons sheet of like him as a character, you know, we could, we could really go and, and it's like, how do you determine this? Like, you know, what, what, 
teeters it from, okay, he's a heinous human being to, okay, he's actually good, but just done some bad stuff, you know? Right. And this is why I say I was like, it, it's kind of too <laughs> two faced a little bit. Like you did some good, but you also did some bad. You're not an angel, but you're also not quite the devil either. <laughs> um, so I don't know. There there were some redeeming qualities, but overall not not the best. Yeah. Not and the certainly best male. you know, certainly like all this is sort of a backdrop, right? But the idea that um you know, this is how kind of things were. And I, I don't know, at least for me, I question and then kind of consider of like, okay, well, what was his upbringing? Right. And like, according to, you know, uh, the Dutch, whatever ideology, like this is all totally fine. Right. Uh, obviously we've talked about the, the legal aspects of it. So by its very nature, you know, it, it would, it's as a person, you'd be sort of hard pressed to think you're doing anything wrong if you're doing everything legally. You know, it doesn't make it correct, mm -hmm. as we know throughout history, but um, that is the sort of hard barometer of like, wait, but I'm I'm not doing anything wrong because I'm not, you know, so. But that is the, the hard part of it. Yeah, but I think it's interesting to have another male figure that, you know, goes against. I mean, unfortunately, in the story, Minky goes up against a lot of different type of male figures and. Um, He's like the Hellman was like the first first person who like really made us like, oh, if you're getting this within your family, your quote unquote family, internal family, um, like who else is going to do this to you outside of your inner circle? Um, and so like it, that's what I'm saying is like Minky had constant obstacles in his way throughout this entire book. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And sort of let's talk about his writing because it's obviously analogous to the author himself because you know he is a writer and um you know in many ways he was a political writer and things like that and you know that's why he ended up in prison is because he wrote some stuff that people didn't like uh yeah. for just telling essentially the truth and that's so, usually how it goes <laughs> yes it is um and so in this case uh, yeah, he let his writing sort of be an outlet and, and let it sort of shine. And, you know, that's part of what helped him come to his confidence, if you will, um, at least to some degree, maybe not fully. Um, so I want to, yeah, tell, tell me your thoughts about his writing. Yeah, uh, I loved, you know, when I first delved into the book, it, it gives you the forewarning, like, hey, this isn't written word for word. This is told orally passed down so things are going to get like maybe not lost in translation but things are going to get like mixed up in interpretations language barriers and all that so like i went in <laughs> knowing that um but reading it and the narrative i still understood what he said i still felt what he felt in all these situations you know um whenever he he was being judged by someone or something was happening like i felt like i was right there with him and i felt frustrated when he was frustrated felt angry and sad when he felt those emotions and it kind of reminded me of another book that we read um you might remember it the jerry conlin in the the gilded brothers who you know um they went to prison wrongfully for um murders but like that book was so detailed and um despite all the emotional duress that that person was under, you could still 
like recall all the memories and, and situations as if it just happened. And I felt like that was the same type of writing for like oral, orally sto- passed on story like this, that I felt like I was there because, you know, memories are created when you're emotionally heightened. And, um, and it felt like for this author, that, that was probably how he remembers everything that happened to him in such great t- detail because it was so emotionally, you know, hard hitting for him. Um, and as a human, I was like, I think that's, I don't want to say admirable, but like I, I applaud him for everything he went through, but still be able to tell it so eloquently. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like they say, uh, happiness is a form of resistance. And I'm not saying that, you know, he was happy, but like in this sense, his writing was the form of resistance, right? And um, even obviously, this is a book that it's translated. And so a lot of the local dialect, um, you know, gets a little bit lost for the purposes of translation. But as you're saying, it's in service of something, so it's okay. Um, in that way but um yeah and and the fact that he put like you can tell that the author is very much a part of this like you can you can see him and minky um in that way just given the love of writing right um and and how that is just so core to what he's going for you know um and he says a lot without ultimately you know it's a lot of showing but not telling and yet you still end up seeing so much right as far as like the educational system obviously how just all the society just works you know and the the justices and injustices therein you know i appreciate right and especially and especially minky being an educated person and having the self-awareness that he's like hey i have the skills uh, and the tools to actually tell this story in an educated way and inform people what's happening and um, have a reasonable opinion behind everything I'm saying. Um, and so he used the means to get this story out, um, knowing that if, God forbid, this happened to one of his peers who's less educated or something, it wouldn't, it probably would have been like, you know, looked over and um, or like swept under the rug. Whereas it's like, no, 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 I, I can tell this story. People need to know this story. And if someone can get something out of this, then I did my job. Exactly. You know, and that's what like sometimes people look at um, just art in general as a selfish thing. And it's like, yes, you may be telling a very personal story, but that doesn't make it inherently, uh, you know, selfish. Right. So a hundred percent, even though it's his story in obviously fictionalized, it extracts the, you know, the, the stories of all of them, right? And what's going on and not going on. So uh, 100%. Anything else uh, story-wise you want to um, talk about versus, uh, you know, getting more into the background of the writer himself? I think it was very interesting, um, the whole, what would you call, like, trial kind of, like, um I don't, I don't even know what you would call it, like trial arraignment. This, this, when they kind of quote unquote kidnapped him in the middle of the night, didn't tell him where they were taking him, just to be questioned by his father of all people, but, um, and and then be doubted upon 
by everyone in like the father's peers and all that and just like yes you're educated but also um you're like we see you as a native or but you have the mentality and ideologies of a european so where do you stand um and i think that was more frustrating like well why did you bring me here just so you had me explain everything if you didn't like what i had to say <laughs> You know, and I feel like we get a lot of those situations anywhere. Um, and that's where the persecution happens. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, you got he got summoned, but then you didn't like what he had to say. So why are you angry? Yeah, I mean, that sort of I took the ending as, you know, it, kind of violence erupts, right, um, as things are happening. And I got the sense that by the end, Minky sort of resigned that any peace could ever be a possibility um, here, right? Like they they just see see each other as two different, and that's the way it's going to be, as opposed to actually working towards something. Um, and that's what makes this all really, really tragic. You know, like there's no, yeah. I, you know, there's not a lot of hope in this book, I don't feel like. Tragic and frustrating because it's also like Miki does such a great job of educating himself, going through all this work, trying to make himself a better person. And he actually has the the patience to learn like different cultures and different, you know, mentalities and viewpoints and stuff. And then he, he was he was still, you know, damned at the end of it where people still won't want, want to believe him because they don't want to evolve with the times changing their ways because they're so set in their ways like no 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 this isn't how we like it so you're still wrong um despite everything that you just did and what you learned and stuff and like that's so frustrating you see that with a lot of you see that in politics you see that with <laughs> different generational um how they view other people it's just like when you get when you're up against people who won't change their ways or ch change their mindset, it's, I mean, it's kind of a losing battle. Yeah, 100%. Not even that, it's it's a losing battle in the worst of ways, like with the worst of stakes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, quite right. All right, well, let's talk about, uh, I'm gonna call him Pram, because that's a lot easier. Yep. So, yeah. Um, the good news, uh, you know, kind of, uh, he was born in February. I was going to say something cute, but, you know, we're doing this in February. He was born in February. He was born February 6th, 1925. You don't see that day uh, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, sadly, he passed away uh, April 30th of two, 2006. Um, he does hail from Indonesia, and he is a writer. He... Um, you know, survived the Dutch rule and uh, Indonesia's struggle for occupation uh, by Japan during the Second World War, as well as the post-colonial authoritarian regimes um, and so forth. So he's he lived through very tumultuous times. Um, and his writing favors out of favor, um, you know, colonial and later authoritarian regimes that were in power. And as one might imagine, as we hinted at, he faced a lot of censorship. And initially, um, he was imprisoned from 1947 uh, to 1949, which was during the War of Their Independence. Then, um, yet again, he was imprisoned from 
1969, because they branded him as a communist. And this is actually where he was, um, where he wrote the book, right? And when I say wrote the book, he was not permitted access to writing materials. So he recited it to other prisoner, prisoners who would then write it down and smuggle it out of prison. So this was a, this was like Shawshank Redemption style storytelling. Well, good for him. Um, absolutely. And um, it is part of the uh, Buru Quartet. Um, obviously, we haven't read the rest of them, but, um, you know, it seems quite interesting and so forth. So, um, yeah, sadly, he spent a lot of time in jail. But uh, luckily, you know, people, when we talk about like him having wrote this and having gone out, like, uh, by the time the book was like essentially banned from uh, Indonesia in 1981, at that point, it already been printed in 33 languages across the world. So, you know, uh, too late. <laughs> quite a quite a success story in that way, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's to be commended in many ways. Like, I don't even know how that happens, but obviously it happened. So. Yeah, and it's you know it's just frustrating that they're like uh, he got in prison twice. Like the first time was for one way, and unfortunately that was closer to another war that we all know of, World War Two. And we know Europe went through tumultuous times for that. And it's just kind of unfortunate that maybe just us and as Americans and just my ignorance growing up, like I wasn't exposed to the Indonesian Dutch mentality and that culture so like had i not read this book i would not have known about that because you think the 1940s immediately going to think world war ii you're not going to think about all the other countries that were also dealing with their own personal wars in that way um let and, me tell you the dutch colonized a lot of people yeah you, know, you got indonesia all the way over to like aruba so yeah and unfortunately like but they don't teach that in american history <laughs> They don't teach that in our schools, you know, so uh, I mean, like, at least not the school that I went to. So it's it's stuff like this, where as if we had not read this book, I would not also have known that for the most part, it's not in the, you know, the mainstream education. So I think it's something that could be easily overlooked. And then, you know, the I think the um, Communist Party was a bigger more worldwide spread things so to be labeled that as well um that's just like a whole nother thing another set of problems so like all right we got you for one thing now we're gonna get you for something else um it's just and like that was the again with the too. obstacles yeah right? it's just like, the obstacles like with mccarthyism like you know sure some people were communists but doesn't mean they all were communists but it's like oh right. if you disagree oh you're communist you know it just becomes this um and i think that speaks to what we're sort of talking about is you know, people just want easy labels. And so, you know, in the book, it's like, hey, are you one of us or are you one of the Dutch? It's like, well, technically yeah. I'm neither. <laughs> so what label am I supposed to be? You know, and uh, so in that way, yeah, I think people just want easy fitting things in life. And it's like, that's, that's not how things should be or how they actually are. Right. And not everything is black and white. And Minky lived in the gray. And and I think that that was his whole entire issue is that, like, I mean, he couldn't, it's not necessarily like code switch, but it's also, he he was multiple things. You can't just be one thing or the other. And I think, like, that people didn't understand that. People still don't understand that. Yeah.
And I think, you know, um, we've sort of, uh, in, in, in sort of, in the jest that we can with it, um, we sort of joke like books outside of the US, they tend to be a lot about colonizers. It's like, well, that's because it's their experience, you know, like what else are they yeah. supposed to write about? Like, you know, they don't have uh, all the fun stuff that, you know, um, necessarily. And I'm sure they do, you know, but, but for a majority of countries, like that is their lived experience. And so that's, that's their, their way of processing, you know, and so forth catharsis hopefully and whatnot and you know um some have gotten away from it but they're still believe it or not colonizers out there you yeah. know it ain't over so um it's just the reality of it but uh, yeah so truly do appreciate though that the story got out there because man that, that's quite the miracle um and in fact uh, so just to kind of give a little bit more of the history so um, after being released in, um, the, the former editor of the Eastern star had met with Pram and, um, you know, that's kind of what allowed them to, uh, get the works out there, you know? And, and so it was chosen to, to, you know, really be published and gave them the, the rights to do so and so forth. And so, yeah, um, during the time of 1980 to 1981, they hit that printing publishing real quick. Um, so, um, yeah, that's what made it sort of, uh, 5,000 copies of, um, this earth of mankind sold in the space of 12 days. Um, wow. you know, in like Malay in Hong Kong, Malaysia, Netherlands, and Australia. So that's, you know, um, I can't imagine there was a lot of marketing for it. So to sell that many copies is actually, you know, in, in the span of 12 days is, you know, really quite right. good. And then um, it just kept going from there, you know, uh, 10,000 copies, blah, 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 and, you know, reprints and so forth. So, um, yeah, uh, it uh, was very well received, to say the least. So um, dare say it went viral <laughs> in the 80s for a book. I mean, you know, like that's pretty good for a story that is supposed to be banned. Um, and that, and that's usually you know that's the power of a written word of oral word. Um, like when you hear a good story, it just gets passed on, and you can't control how fast it gets spread. Um, and so to hear five thousand copies got bought within twelve days, like good, he had a story and it got out faster mm -hmm. than what I'm sure they wanted to, um, and what he intended. So good for him. Yeah. So at least a success story in that way. So, yeah. Um, any last final thoughts before we move on to what we've been reading outside of our curriculum? I mean, I think it's very interesting, uh, you know, just it, and also, I mean, I had to kick myself for just, you know, how many countries are out there and how how many stories and like the history of just how everyone you know, works and views with each other, you know, it is a universal thing. And it's just, it's a shame that's not taught. Um, and it's a shame that's like, if it doesn't affect us, for the most part, not to, not to be like reductive about it, but like, if it doesn't affect us, we're not going to like, you know, bother learning about it. And I think it should be it's like stories like this, this is interesting, it should be told, um, despite whether we were affected or not. So and I think he gives um, hope and courage to those uh, other people who are oppressed who might who may not have the means to but have the ability to get their story out he should you know this 
it's a success story in that way, whereas um, stories that should be told should be told, whether or not they're banned or not. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I very much believe in like the sort of butterfly effect of it all, right? I mean, you know, and one thing happens in part of the world and if you don't think it affects you, all of a sudden now you're yelling about why your Amazon package isn't delivered on time. It's like, well, there's reasons yeah. for that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. All right. So that is This Earth of Mankind. Um, all right. So I uh, want to kick us off with what you've been reading off on the side. Uh, yeah, I just finished um, Remarkably Bright Creatures. Really good. I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, I also finished Even Though I Knew the End, which led me to another book that I'm going to like start today. Actually, I have it. Hold on. <laughs> As we hold on, do 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 editing. Um, the Midnight Bargain. Um, the same author as uh, even though I read it, uh, I knew the end. Um, I like that story so much. I was like, let's keep going. And then, um, for I, I like I, I haven't we, we haven't talked about our May decision, but I was torn between two different books. And, of course, I got the other book, too, just to read it. It's called Things We Lost to the Water. Um, it's about a Vietnamese um, man uh, going through uh, um, some, some tragic loss in his family and the, the country and what he had to endure to um, get to where he is now. And so it was either that one or the other one that we will mention very briefly. Well, yeah. So I had been reading The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Um, which was, um, you know, I kind of mentioned last time I finished it out and yeah, it's one of those that obviously there's a lot of horrors in there, but the will and the sort of fighting human spirit that, uh, the characters are presented with, um, you know, that's what you hang your hat on. Right. And ultimately while they went through so much, I mean, it's a, it's a love story, right? Um, you know, it has a happy ending. So, I mean, as happy of an ending as one could, right? So, you know, yeah. spoiler alert. I mean, it's based on a real story. So they they leave Auschwitz, they find each other, get married, live in Australia, happily ever after, um, and so forth. So, um, yeah, I, I found it very intriguing, very well written, uh, and I appreciated it um, for what it was. So um, that's about the only thing I've been reading um just busy with other stuff but moving forward we've got you want to introduce us uh yeah our March pick which is my pick there you'll find me um by uh Jenny B Jones uh based off uh this is the book that inspired the movie Finding You um I figured you know it's March St. Patrick's Day Irish and we, we're going to Ireland and so it's a story about a young uh, musician trying to get more um, details about her her brother's death and just trying to find herself um, before she sets herself for herself up for her music career. She's just trying to figure out all these different aspects about her life. Really good. Uh, I finished it. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. The movie's really good too, so go watch that. And then, um, yeah, and then we have your choice. Yeah, The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi. So, um, you know, we're going sort of lesser-known cultures 
but at least in the US, right? Talk about yeah. things most people don't learn. Um, yeah, I I don't know necessarily too much about this book, but it's been on my list for a while because I've been looking into, you know, just good Native American books. And this keeps coming up on top of the list or certainly within the top five. So I was like, all right, well, let's check it out. You know, because mm -hmm. especially the title, The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. A very fascinating title. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then for May, which will be back to my, um, which is, you know, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month uh, and me being, you know, Filipino and Asian, um, I, I figured let's like pick a book within that realm. And uh, so we're going to be reading On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. Um, this has been on my TBR for a while. And it finally gave me a good reason for us to read it. Um, it was about another Vietnamese man um, and his relationship with his mother and how they view the world and um, him like really trying to find who he is, his masculinity, his sexuality, all that um, within the um, American space. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to read it um, for our May month. And then June is International Treasure Month. No, it's not. But it will be <laughs> because we're going to be looking for treasure in Clive Cussler's book, Treasure. So this is, uh, you guys know, this is a Dirk Pitt adventure. Um, Dirk Pitt is, you know, imagine like Hercule Poirot, imagine like a James Bond. Um, it's one of those characters that Clive Cussler invented, except he's like, um, he, he works for, kind of like an underwater, he's a nautical sort of um, person, right? So a lot of the adventure takes place underwater or in water. Um, and I've read a lot of the various books, you know, they're like the Tom Clancy novels, like they're, they're fun, breezy, you know, they're not really a strain. So it'll be the summer, you know, okay. hopefully we have treasure as we uh, read through treasure. Nice. Well, well, that sounds fun and adventurous. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, and it's it's definitely like written like one of those books, you know, like like with James Bond, he always gets the woman type of thing. And, you know what I mean? So there's there's some mild sexism throughout, you know, it's just so you can expect that. There you go. Is it um, is it like an individual one off or is it part of a series if this is like an established character? Um, So they're all one offs, but there's reference that, you know, I'm sure. They always make a reference to, oh, this is Dirk Pitt, you know, the guy who raised the Titanic. And it's like, do you mm -hmm. have, do you need to have read Raise the Titanic to understand? No, you don't. But it's just a reference to that entire book, you know. Got it. So yeah, it's it's oh, a lot fun. like that. Yeah. So that's what we got. You know. Yeah. Uh, thank you as always. Uh, let us know what you thought of this Earth of Mankind. We look, you know, forward to you joining us on future months. Um, Marissa, where can people support you? Everyone can follow me at Serafini TV. And I'm at Phil Svitek. And uh, I know this can be a very short-lived aspect of it, but uh, I do have a crowdfund going for my latest project. Um, the good news is, uh, even even if it's after the date, you know, you'll get all the information there. So the link will be applicable. Now, what the hell is the link? Guess what? It's in the description. I've made it easy for you because if I say it out, you'll never write it down, but it's in the description. Um, so check it out. It's an animated movie that I think you guys will really enjoy. All right. Go Keep reading, it. everyone.